0: Hello and welcome to the 6 to Go podcast. My name is Thomas Canfell and I'm glad to have your company. This is a project I've been looking forward to doing for a really long time. To get the opportunity each week to sit down with a personality involved in the great sport of rugby league. We will cover six topics related to the game, or even their own career, and reflect on what they've done in Rugby League. My first guest this week is Anthony Maroon, and I couldn't think of a better person to start it with. He's the host of the Sunday Sin Bin on the Triple M Network, which I truly believe is the best sports show in Australia. And also, he's a commentator of the game as well on Triple M. We will get into topics ranging from his love affair with South Sydney to expansion. Really hope you enjoy it. Let's kick it off with Anthony Maroon. The very first guest of the 6 to Go podcast, Anthony Maroon. How's the off-season treating you, mate?
1: Uh, Tom, it's pretty good, mate. I've uh, had a little bit of... i um, had a little few functions here and there with some of the players that are based uh, around me here in Sydney. When I say players, they're like um, ex-players. Yep. Uh, and that's been pretty good, mate. And apart from that, though, I've just been uh, sitting around the house. Um, I wa- if you want to know what I actually did today, I washed the dog. I took the car to the tyre shop. I had a bit of a workout, and then I was just watching a bit of telly.
0: <laughs> very good, very good. Now, I've got six topics to go through with you today, but I'm going to start with your beloved team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It is the worst-kept secret that you are a South Sydney tragic. How how did your fandom start with the Rabbits?
1: Well, I'm uh, from Redfin, where is it? which is, of course, the Rabbitohs' base. That's where I come from. And for those who don't know, and that wouldn't be many, I suppose, it's Redfin's like an inner-city suburb of Sydney, so it's probably, you know, two or three Ks from the middle of Sydney. And um, so, uh, you know, like, we, we were always kind of around the Rabbitohs as kids. And then um, as I got older, mate, I, you know, I, I, I watched them play and whatnot. And then when it got to about sort of just after the Super League War when the bunnies got kicked out of the comp, then I tried to just become more active. And I, I said to myself, look, I'll do whatever I can do um, for the Rabbitohs I, I would do and obviously for me that wasn't plain pretty uh, so um, you know I used to do a lot of uh, uh, host a lot of functions for them and do game day for them etc cetera, etc cetera. all it's just a love job mate free of charge but you've got to do something for nothing and um, you know I still get involved now when I have the time Tom but I still live in the area I live um, in a place called Little Bay which is still in the Rabbitohs part of the world
0: Yep. Do you have a favourite memory of South Sydney?
1: Um, well, obviously I've had fond memories of watching Adam Reynolds play yep. because I, I've known Adam for a long time and his father's a mate of mine. And I think he's a genuine rabbitohs legend, Adam Reynolds. I think, you know, when we talk down the track, we'll talk about the Bob McCarthys and the John O'Neills um, and the Eric Sims, and we'll talk about blokes like Adam Reynolds. But a favourite memory, I, I think, Anyone who is, um, you know, if you're a guide in the wool rabbit, I fan like me. Um, in 1984, I was 18. And so they hadn't played the grand final since I was five. When I was 18, they made the semis. And in those days, if you, equaled, if you finished equal fifth, there was five teams in the semis. If you finished equal fifth, you played midweek, and then you had to back up on the weekend. And they won the midweek, and they won on the weekend. And I tell you what, we partied like we won the grand final. I was only 18, and they beat Manly. They came back and beat Manly. And I guess that's probably my fondest memory.
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And then, of of course, the, the Premiership in, was it, was it 2014,
1: 2013, yeah, 2014? 2014. But, yes. look, I, to be honest with you, mate, I, I'm more... I just like to know the club's travelling well. Um, it's got the right healthy environment in and around it. Like, we look at some NRL clubs and... Uh, you know, it's not a good destination for players. Coaches don't want to go there. No. Sponsors don't want, you know, supporters don't support them. And as long as the bunnies are healthy in all those areas, I'm pretty happy with that, you know?
0: Absolutely. And look, they had a really, they're in a great spot at the moment, like you said, and they had a really successful season this year. Uh, we will touch on that. Um, We'll go into the grand final. Uh, The last time I spoke to you, I think, was the week of the grand final heading into that. Um, Do you have any takeaways from the grand final?
1: Uh, Look, I don't think so. I I mean, I thought it was, uh, um, you know, a game where they had their chances. Uh, And then, of course, Cody, I felt so sorry for me, threw that intercept pass. Crichton took the intercept and ran away and scored. And then we scored in the corner and Adam missed the goal. So I think the greatest thing to come out of all that is that it wasn't a game that there's too much controversy to come out of. The Panthers won. Um, they probably did enough to win. Well, they did do enough to win. And, you know, it was a good outcome for a good season of rugby league, all things considered.
0: Yeah, it- it it was a great game, first of all. Um, mm. and You know, s- sometimes the grand final can be a little bit of a fizzer, but the 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 grand final this year certainly lived up to the hype. It was an absolute cracker of a game. Can I put something to you though? Now, I'm mm. I'm not here to um, to bag anyone or whatsoever, but and, and I'm certainly not bagging out Blake Taff because I thought that for the position he was in, he did a really really uh, commendable job. Mm. Latrell Mitchell was missing from that side now. I would argue that if Latrell plays, they win, not because of Luttrell's attacking flair, but the fact that Nathan Cleary had seven, uh, I think it was it was either six or seven goal line dropouts, and a lot of those was uh, putting it on the one and dragging Blake Taft back. And I just think with, you know, Luttrell's stature, just as itself would be, would have been a strength to keep them in the game there.
1: Yeah, look, I, um, with Luttrell, mate, I, I don't take the common view that, you know, he, he's the be-all and end-all. I mean, I love and respect his ability as a footballer, but I think as a South supporter, he owes Souths. I mean, he's form the year before this year. It wasn't... It took him a long time to find his feet at Souths. He was making some simple errors. And then this year, he was suspended twice. And the second time, obviously, was that hit on Joey Manu, which meant that Souths didn't have Luttrell for the course of the... Uh, back end of the year, into the semis and the grand final. So, look, I, I don't know that this will be a popular thing for me to say, but I reckon the bloke owes Souths and he owes Souths big time. I mean, if we want to start wrapping players, I think that's all well and good. He's a wonderful player. He's a wonderful ambassador for his people. But, honestly, I'm with you, mate. You know, any chance that the Rabbitohs had of winning the grand final probably went when he got himself suspended.
0: I, I totally agree that... Uh, he owes South Sydney, and um, you know, because this is this is the second season in a row now. He's been with South two seasons that he hasn't been able to finish the season, um, mm. and you know, be there at at the death of when the when the whips are cracking, and you know, it's it's tough because like it it was a it was a brain snap. There's no doubt about that. The the hit on Joey Manu, but you just can't do that when you're so crucial to a team. Mm.
1: No, I I, I agree, mate. and Look around here. Obviously, everybody loves him, and uh, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but let's get fair income. When it comes to Latrell, he was missing from the grand final because of a, an awful hit on a bloke who's supposed to be his mate. So, I mean, I think he he, he needs to take a good long look at himself. And you know, I, I know he and he, Origin series too. He was he was excellent. There's no, no one is questioning his ability. That's right. But I'm a little bit dirty on him as a paid member of the Rabbitohs.
0: Yeah. he I don't think he's locked up long-term there at South Sydney. Would you still like uh, South to go after him long-term?
1: Well, I look, I think they are chasing him to stay a bit longer. But me personally, I'd look at what you're paying him and what happens on the field this year. You know, because football is such a vital position. No question. You know, fullback, I should say, is such a vital position. Uh, let's see what you know, side of the law he plays on this year. But, I mean, if he's going to get himself suspended once, twice, I'd seriously considering consider whether or not he is the long-term option. And, I, again, there's no-one's questioning his ability.
0: That's right. It's, it's because of his ability that we expect good things from him.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, mate. And we've seen good things from him. There's no question. I, I half-back again to some of those individual performances in that Backline when he's playing alongside his mates, uh, you know, blokes like Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, and they all got on so well. And they were such an electric bunch of players when they hit that left side, the bunny. So there's no, no doubt, you know, what he's capable of, but uh, I don't know, those things really do leave a, uh, um, you know, an awful taste in my mouth, particularly in, in Redford, you know, South people where. uh, we'll blame the ref. I suppose all clubs do that. I haven't, I'm not around all clubs, but you know, Rabideau supporters will blame the ref when something goes wrong and that's fair enough and um, blame other individuals. And, but here's a bloke who on the field on grand final day, quite possibly could have been the difference between lo- losing by two points and winning. And, and, and that just sort of grinds my gears a little
0: bit. Yeah, that's right. And like, like I said, Nathan Cleary had six or seven goal line dropouts and that, it, it felt like Souths were constantly coming out of their own end. Now, they did a tremendous job defensively, but uh, I, I think, you know, Latrell's size alone like, would have been able to escape one or two of those dropouts. There's no doubt about that. Now, um, someone that we mentioned earlier, Adam Reynolds, uh, he has left the club, which not only leaves a hole for a valued half, but the captain has left, obviously, with Adam Reynolds. Now, uh, I personally would be fairly stunned if it wasn't Cam Murray who filled those shoes. And uh, what, yep. what's your opinion on that uh, as to who the next captain will be?
1: Look, I think Cam Murray um, will be a standout choice. I think uh, Cody Walker is getting more and more um, more leadership qualities as the years go on. Um, so... So Cam, obviously, um, a local junior and, and a much-loved figure. And he could be a good long-term solution as a captain. So I would agree with that. And uh, in relation to Adam Reynolds leaving, where does that leave South? Well, let me let me take you back 10 seasons when, um, you know, South had Chris Sando. And uh, the fans begged South to hang on to Chris Sando. And... Uh, Michael McGuire's coming to the club, and he said, look, I think for the money, we're better off looking elsewhere. So he lets Chrissy Sando go. We think it's going to be, uh, you know, a diabolical result. Along comes a kid named Adam Reynolds, almost gets south of the grand final in his first year of first grade in 2012. You'll, you'll recall, Tom, that he, he pulled that hammy against the Bulldogs, and that might have cost us a spot in the grand final that year. So all I'm saying is, all he's not lost, there's not, n- nothing to suggest that uh, a kid couldn't, you know... Come in and 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 fill Adam's boots to to some extent. However, you know the other part of me says, well, he's a kid. Adam Reynolds, his kicking game is so good; he rarely misses a goal. I mean, he missed an important goal kicking his game, his goal kicking game, his skills. And I think he's going to be missed, and I a Rabbitoh supporters are devastated to see him go. And by the same token, as I say, I know that family very well and I can only wish him all the best at the Broncos. I think they got a good one.
0: I I just thought of something then, like you you mentioned, you know, Adam Reynolds, local boy. He's been with South forever. Um mm. Should there, should there be something in the league that once a player turns 33, if they're a junior of that club or they've come through the system of that club or they've played a certain amount of games for that club, whether it be 200, 250, whatever, that there should be some sort of salary cap leniency for that player? Now, I know you get into difficult circumstances. For example, like I'll mention someone like Cameron Smith. Like Cameron Smith was, you know, 37 still playing and still one of the best in the game. Mm. So, you, so you do get into, um, like paying elite players off the cap could be detrimental but should there be some form of um, uh, compensation by the league to the club to keep local juniors at the club? Look,
1: you know, I, I don't know if enough's being done in that area, mate. I, I'm probably with you there. I think more could be done, more exemptions could be made toward the player to keep the player there. Having said all that, Adam was offered a contract at South so um I know it wasn't as attractive to him as the Broncos one, but he was offered a contract at Souths, and I think he possibly could have taken that one and, and just gone year for year. So one thing I think that people certainly around here, around my part of the world, need to get clear is that he was offered a contract at Souths, and he made the decision that the other one was in his best interest. But getting back to what you're saying, I think absolutely, mate, there should be some um, some really strong things in place uh, for clubs that produce their own juniors, because obviously my club does. And, you know, you see that in in, in Cam Murray, John Sutton, Adam Reynolds, the list goes on and on and on. So, and Penrith. Penrith's another one who will do such a wonderful job with junior development at the moment. In fact, most clubs have got a player. I mean, you're a club like Canterbury or West Tigers and you're looking to rebuild. Well, that's the first place you look, you know, because you know that Penrith can't keep all their players.
0: That's right. And... The next topic I've got for you uh, is something that you brought up briefly before, and that is the state of South post-Wayne Bennett. Um, They do lose a few players heading into next year. There's Jaden Sewer, uh, Adam Reynolds, obviously, Dane Gagai, um, Benji Marshall retired, obviously. Um, Where where do you see the state of South heading into next year?
1: Yeah, well, you know, they still have Cam Murray, Cody Walker, Damian Cook, uh, Kian Kalaamitangi. Um, and Graham. Uh, um, Latrell. So, look, I think, you know, in the Fairdinkham Department, it could go either way. I think they're genuine top four contenders. Will they be as good as they are this year? Um, well, I don't know. You know, Adam Reynolds is a massive loss Yes. in the Fairdinkham Department. Um, as is, uh, I thought Jaden Sewell was so good in the back end of that season. And the Dragons are getting a good one there. Dane Gagai, I think, is a great player. Obviously, at origin time, he really turns it on as well. So, the, other, the real thing here, here is, Tom, though, is Jason Demetrio. We haven't seen him coach, be a head coach at NRL level before. Um, and we look at uh, Wayne Bennett. Okay, so the first time he left the Broncos, they probably went backward a little bit. Then he went to the Dragons and left them with Steve Price. And that probably, with due respect to Steve Price, didn't go to plan. Um, And then, of course, when he left Newcastle, Rick Stone took over. So whoever takes over from Wayne has not had a nice, smooth run. There's been a lot of challenges for that coach. I hope it's not the same for Jason Demetrio. But I, I guess it comes back to what I was saying before, mate. I think, you know, the club's in a very healthy situation. So if it needs to weather the storm for a year, that's okay Because I still believe they have the squad to finish top four.
0: Yeah, and it it comes back to that thing too, doesn't it? Where like good clubs get good players poached from them all the time. It's a mm. it's a it's a matter of how your junior development can replace them, and that that's what keeps clubs like Melbourne Roosters um uh, at the at the top for so long.
1: Oh, I think that's a hundred percent, mate. You know, and not only do they keep good players and produce good players, but you know, good clubs attract good players. You know, and that's what I mean. That's the sort of club you want to be. You look at the Roosters uh, and I, I tell you what, as a bloke from a Rabbitohs bloke, you don't want to be rapping the Roosters, but you have to <laughs> on the back of this season. But, you know, they attract blokes like Tedesco and Brandon Smith and Luke Keery. Luke Keery was a massive loss for South. So, yeah. you know, these good clubs attract um, franchise players too. So that's the other thing. I think the rabbitos moving forward will continue to attract good players as well as develop good players. And um, and keep good players. So, as I say, like once all those things are in order, I, I I'm in and around the Rabbitohs a lot. So the boss is Blake Solly. He's a wonderful man. You know, he he, he knows the game. Um, his approach to it all is very contemporary. And and then you've got a great system of coaches, um, skill set, skill coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a really good culture at our club at the moment. And I, I see the Rabbitohs as being a real national brand, you know, wherever you go, you'll find somebody that goes for the Rabbitohs and, you know, like I'm getting off the point here a bit, Tom, but right. yeah, look, I think they'll keep players, but just as importantly, they'll attract players.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, well, speaking of attracting players, that goes on to my next topic of expansion. And of course we've got Redcliffe coming in in 2023. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit stunned that, uh, the November one deadline was over a month ago now, and Redcliffe's only signed two players. I would have thought, as a player coming off contract next year, it would be just a absolute winning um, argument to go there. Like I, I can see a real lot of upside going there. You've got you've got a coach there, Wayne Bennett, who you know is is not there. For he's not going to be there long term. He's there to win, and you know, have mm. instant success. Like, are you a bit surprised that no, no other bigger names have gone there? Like, for example, Brandon Smith. I thought he was a certainty to go to Redcliffe. Um, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised. But look, I tried
1: to make the point with uh, those palookas I work with on the <laughs> Sunday Show at Triple M. I tried to make the point, and I just got shot down in flames as usual. But I don't think, uh one full season is enough to start a brand new nrl franchise i think you need two full seasons out of the league but knowing you're coming in the league yeah um i was at the rabbit involved with the Rabbitohs when they got reinstated and mate so many things can go wrong and so getting back to what you're saying here we're seeing a thing where uh, redcliffe have only got two players uh, felice kafusi being the the main signing. I, I, I don't think there's any reason to panic. I think, you know, if they, as long as they can field a side um, and don't put too many expectations on themselves in the opening couple of seasons, uh, I think everything will be fine. They'll attract enough players and they're in a big enough nursery. And once they start getting players, you know, it's, it's a snowball thing. So now they've got Felice Cafusi, They might get another one from Melbourne, then another one from Melbourne. And then all of a sudden it's a, a destination club. But it's a real interesting thing, the whole new franchise. I'm absolutely fascinated with the idea of a new franchise in the NRL. Because I can remember being a teenager when the Raiders and the Steelers came in. And it took them, both those clubs, many, many years to to, to get really competitive. Um, you know, it took the Raiders five probably six seasons to make a premiership but nobody expected too much from them in the opening two or three seasons then you go forward Tom to the 90s the Melbourne Storm come in and win the premiership within two seasons of being um, uh, entering the NRL so look I don't know uh, where it goes but I'm thinking if I'm going to follow Redcliffe or the Dolphins I'm thinking well I'm not going to expect too much in the opening couple of years if they can sort of um, even scrape into the eight, well and good. And but long term, I think there'll be a club that can attract big sp- sponsors. They can attract the big end of town, uh, get some corporate dollars, get some supporters there. I notice they're going to call themselves the Dolphins, not the Redcliffe Dolphins. And I think that's a good thing, because if, if you're in Brisbane and you want to follow another club, I guess you don't want to follow Redcliffe if you've been following the East Tigers all your life. Yeah, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah and uh, uh, you brought up something there I just want to touch on I am so with you and I feel like I've been on an island but I'm glad that I'm glad you've joined me on this island that they need 2 years because I'll give you an example of a player that they absolutely would have been after for that season is a guy like Nico Hines now I know Nico Hines is off contract next year but you know he could have easily done a 1 year deal somewhere I'm sure but at least you knew he was coming off contract for now he's he's signed for 3 or 4 years at Cronulla like he's not available Mm. Mm. Like, like, so it allows you to tap into not only this year's market, but next year's market as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you look, mate, I don't know what the hurry is. You know, like, what's the hurry to get the Dolphins into the competition? Maybe it's got to do with the TV dollars. Yep. I don't know.
0: But either way,
1: I think they'll be fine on game day. I think they're going to miss out on a lot of players. But I think next year, as players come up of contract, you know, they'll, they'll start to attract a few people that that are going to be quality names, a few that were quality names, and and then they'll just put it all together and uh, Brisbane will have a second NRL team, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for the Redcliffe Dolphins because I've always had one eye on the, the comp up there in Brisbane. And, uh, Tom, people will remember back when the, the Titans came into the comp, they wanted to be called the Gold Coast Dolphins, but Redcliffe said... Hang on, we might have a crack at being in the NRL one day. Yeah, people thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and here they are, and they're already cashed up.
0: Absolutely, oh, they're the richest club in the league, apparently. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think um, we can write them out from actually landing a big scalp just yet. And I, I like, I look at names of, of players um, like Daily Cherry Evans. I don't think Daily Cherry Evans is uh, is totally off the radar of Redcliffe. Do you, do you th- do you think that there is at least one big scalp coming? Yeah, I get the feeling that they're thinking, you know what, we
1: know what we're doing. Yeah. Everybody can have their say. and uh, But I think they get the feeling they know what they're doing. Everybody con- continues to suggest that um, Wayne Bennett is going there for um, his, um, his history in the town or, his, his, the, or the success he's had in the past. But look, let's remember, uh, in the last three years, Wayne Bennett's had... The Rabbitohs in the grand final and twice um, the game before the grand final. So uh, he, he hasn't lost anything, has he? I mean, and he's coached 800-plus games. He's by far and away the most successful um, coach in the NRL, his, in the history of rugby league. And, mate, when it comes to playing the mind games, he still plays them better than anyone else.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, the last thing I've got for you, I'd like to ask you about the Sunday sin, I said in my opener, and this is not just because I've got you on the show, but in my opinion, it's the best sports show in the country, and the four of you work so well. James Hooper, Paul Kent, and Gordon Tallis, of course, are your three colleagues there. What makes it work, in your opinion?
1: Look, I think, uh, Tom, the beautiful thing is everybody sort of brings something, so I think, you know, Paul Kent is one of the most, um, you know, respected sports journalists in the country. That doesn't mean you necessarily like what he's or agree with what he says. Um, But that's what you need, I think, in a bloke like that. Somebody who's, you know, polarises people. So Paul's a great fella. And he, you know, I mean, I think people, he's always got an opinion and and people won't always agree with it. And then Hoops is much the same, mate. Very much across the game and um, the players and what the clubs are doing. And this is why both these blokes have got jobs as journalists at Fox. Uh, Gordon Tallis speaks for himself in the fact that he's um, played origin, played for the Broncos, he's rugby league royalty. And, and, and you know, he's... I think this goes across the board with a lot of the Triple M legends. You know, they're all not that long out of the game and they're still in and around the game. And uh, Gordy Tallis is just absolutely... Queenslanders love him, um, uh, the Blues love him, people around here love him because um, he says what he means and he means what he says. And he's been there and done that. Uh, So I think that's why it works, mate. We've got the right mixture of blokes. Then you've got a bloke like me who, mate, I played, you know, 146 games for the Waterloo (laughs) Cars, which is a suburb about half a kilometre from Redfin. Um, And then, like, my history in radio tells me that, um, you know, if if the West Tigers are playing the Bulldogs, um, you know, we have to have a bit of funny. It's not operating on people's heads. You know, nobody cares who's going to win out of... Fifteenth uh, and sixteenth, so I try and just bring a little bit of um, light-heartedness to it all. You know, it's not all, it's not all stats and, and figures. Um, but mate, certainly in, in the fair, I would never say this to those blokes, but you know, those three, they bring, they bring the, they bring it to the table. They've been there and done that in in their respective fields, mate. And that's what you need when you're looking, when you are wanting to talk footy.
0: That's right. And well, Maroon, that's all I've got for you. I cannot thank you enough for being the first guest on the Six to Go podcast. You're an absolute champion. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: No, mate, thank you so much for having me. It's been good fun. I've been looking forward to it and I wish you all the best with it. And uh, yeah, look, um, you know, it's, it's, you're, we're both the same, aren't we, mate? We're just radio blokes who love the footy. So, uh, I mean, hopefully you're going to make a career doing what you love and, and footy's been good to me And I, I as the worst player ever. No doubt you'll be getting bigger and better guests than me.
0: Thanks, mate. Talk soon. See you, buddy. Can't thank Maroon enough for coming on the show today. He's an absolute champion. And if you haven't heard the Sunday Sin Bin, do yourself a favor. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or the Listener app. And during the season, of course, you can catch it live on a Sunday afternoon right across the Triple M Network and the Listener app. My name is Tom Canfell. It's been so good to have your company. Until next week, this has been the Sixty Go podcast, and that is full time.